Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. So why is it that we put much more thought into our lunch choices than we do our career and hiring decisions? Today, we're breaking bad career and hiring habits. We're going to discuss uh, the top three bad habits from both a candidate and a company perspective, and we're going to uh, how to fix them, and especially our hiring process. Our quote today, to change bad habits, we must study the habits of successful role models. Any idea who said that, Mr. Daryl Gurney? I do. Well, now I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the sheet in front of you. Jack Canfield. Not on that. Not on my sheet. <laughs> Jack Canfield. All right. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. And my tongue's not working again today. We share insights from top performing entrepreneurs and industry experts like our guest today, Daryl Gurney, who's the Chief Empowerment Officer of Career Guy. I like that title, by the way. Daryl is a career expert, executive coach, and authority in supporting people through successful transitions. He brings back the power of social connection by teaching professionals that you're simply one face-to-face relationship away from your dream job. He's also the author of the best Amazon best-selling uh, book, Never Apply for a Job Again, Break the Rules, Cut the Line, and Beat the Rest. And as the founder of both CareerGuy and TheBack40.com, Daryl's motto is for both career and life is, uh, as the Frank Sinatra sings, the best is yet to come and won't it be fine? Man, I just butchered that intro. Sorry about that, <laughs> We'll just not have you sing it, all right? <laughs> uh, I could probably do a little Frank Sinatra. Daryl, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks, Rick. Good yeah, to be here. Great to have you. We came up with a list of our top three bad habits that we want people to stop doing right now. I'm going it from a company perspective. You're doing it from the candidate perspective. There you go. So if people listen, then you'll get your job and you'll hire a great person. We're going to talk about why these habits are so detrimental. And then we're going to talk about good habits so we can replace the bad. I'm going to start with you, Daryl. We're going to talk about your top three bad habits that you see from a candidate perspective. I split the script a little bit. There might be some crossover here, but uh, and hopefully there is. So let's talk about it. So let's talk about your number one. What's your number one bad habit that you see candidates do over and over again? I think we're about the same age. And when you were looking for jobs right out of high school, what'd you do? I asked a friend. Okay. Well, you were smart. Yeah. Because <laughs> most of us looked in the paper. There were these things I, called newspapers. I, right? I said my friend was working at Numero Uno Pizzeria. They didn't even have those anymore. And I said, hey, can you get me a job over there? And he said, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, you just proved my point. I can walk out now, right? <laughs> it's who you know. Referrals. But uh, the first mistake I would say is looking to see what jobs are available out there and going through what I call the front door by applying for those jobs. Ooh, couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I think that's a worse methodology for finding anything because everybody knows the best way to get into a company is through a referral. Yet you would be surprised how very accomplished senior executives and everything who've been in roles forever, they're not used to job search and they go into the old method. And yeah. now it's not newspaper yeah. now, but they look online. What's I, I think that's a combination of desperation and boredom. <clears throat> Like if you're out of work, you kind of do that. Like I need to find a job, so I'm just going to look and see what's out there. And rather than picking up the phone and calling people, oh, I'll just go online and look and see what's out there. Well, here's the thing, though. You're a sales guy. I'm a sales guy. So we're people oriented, right? So we're out connecting and we, we, you know, there's a lot of people in the very accomplished executives in different areas 
And they're not necessarily as people-oriented yeah, or whatever, right? That's true. And therefore, they fall into the method of, let's see what's out there. And uh, it's an ed- I think it's an education issue. That's exactly what it is. I mean, yep. you, you only know as much as you know. Exactly. And that's kind of the common fallback. I mean, you know, you, if you turn on the radio, all you hear are job posting ad websites. Exactly. exactly. Indeed.com, ZipRecruiter.com. I don't know. I don't use any of them. <laughs> and so many people have heard, well, and a lot of people haven't heard it, but, you know, 80% of all jobs are filled before they're ever even advertised. But what does that mean? People don't do the calculation. That means that for every posting I see of an open position, four others got filled. Probably. Four others got filled behind the scenes, what I call the back door. So, which leads us to your next one, which is failing to develop relationships beyond the job search process. Exactly. Right? exactly. All right. So let's talk about that. I just stole your thunder. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Hate your show. Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited today. I, I can't help it. I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I just stole the quote from Ricky Bobby, but go ahead. All right. So, so what's your number two? <laughs> so number two is failing to develop relationships beyond the job search process. And again, that... What, what we're just talking about is, and I think you're going to bring something up. I'm not going to steal one of yours, but I see. You can steal mine. I saw a word called transactional. Yep. And I don't know if what that's referring to is that you meet someone while they're in the hiring process or, or through the whole transactional front door aspect, and then relationships don't continue beyond that. And I'm not telling people go out and interview for a lot of jobs and then keep relationships with those people that you interview because when things go through the front door, they kind of keep a front door kind of uh, stickiness to them as opposed to developing relationships outside of the job search process and really focusing on what are you passionate about? Who are the people you want to be hanging around developing relationships with? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Again, people don't consider managing their career while they're in a career. People submerge. They get into a job and they submerge. Now, it's the people who've been through a lot of layoffs that start wisening up to the fact that, you know what, I probably I, should keep my network going yeah. even while I'm in this. But there's a wake-up call that a lot of people have to go through. You know, you brought up transactional, which is one of my points, and this is where we're going to have crossover. It's much easier to be invited in than it is for you to knock on the door. Absolutely. <laughs> Unsolicited. Exactly. Right? Well, the way I say it, and again, we'll have crossover here, but it's like someone in need, anytime there's anything that smacks of need, people run away. Not because they wouldn't actually even be inclined to help under other situations, but no one wants to be put in a position to say no. So if need starts to show up, you know, you don't get to meet with people. And building an active pipeline of where you want to go and just developing those relationships is something that you should cultivate, no matter whatever you're doing. It's not just for sales. It's for everything these days. Because the the job market in the world has changed and we're changing at a a faster pace than we ever had. And I just can't tell you how many stories that have been cultivated in my work with people, but that you hear of people who make entire career changes through relationships. Relationships can get you into things that you would never get into through the front door. If you look at the executive world, CEOs will move companies. And usually when a CEO comes into a new company, he brings his team with them. Right. And then they bring their teams with them. Right. So all you have to think about if you're on that lower level is how do I get in with one of those teams? Because then you don't ever have to look for a job again. Well, I is exactly what I talk about. Your job security comes from being known by the people in the know. So the question is, how do you get known by people in the know? You don't get known by them by needing a job. 
you can get known by them through different methods that we'll talk about in terms of the solution side, in terms of being out there meeting with people, doing research and talking to people about the things that really interest you. See, I have an answer for that. I think it's being impactful in your current job. That's how you become known. Well, true, and you get known inside. But what happens when the shoe drops or the buyout happens or something like that? It's like, how well are you known out there? We'll talk about that, too, in terms of I'm a, a big proponent for creating thought leadership, even in your current job, because that's how you get known out there. All right. What's your number three? <laughs> not treating yourself like a business. That is a mistake. People treat Wait, you the, should be or should you not be? should be treating yourself like a business. OK. But traditional employees treat themselves like an employee. They so like a sole proprietor as opposed to a corporation. Well, like this. What if you what you do is you lease out your employable assets. You have your own Which business. Is your body. <laughs> well, it's your intelligence, it's I'm your ability. Yeah, all of that, but you hmm. lease them out. So in other words, if it's your own business though, what do business owners always have to focus on? Their return on their investment? Where are they getting the best return? If you go into a company and you just submerge, you're not aware of the market out there. There may be sweet deals coming by that you wish you had known about. Yeah, and you should be thinking about what's going to disrupt my job because there's going to be a lot of jobs in the next 10 years that are going to go away with the onset of AI and technology and what's happening right now. You've got to be ahead of the curve. There's no more sadder of a call that I ever get is when somebody calls me who's working on antiquated technology and they're looking for a role and they've got nothing. There's nothing that's transferable to anybody else. Right. And you and I probably- And I want to help. Right. But I can't. Well, you and I probably started recruiting around the same time where back then, 10 years, 15 years in a job, oh, that was a big deal. That was cool. That was good. Now, it's it's like like everybody's looking for the next couple years, few years. Where do I need to- I tell people not even to put that on their resume. Like when you have on your resume 20 years of doing this, take it off. Exactly. Make them do the math because (laughs) all you're doing is just- Antiquating yourself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Showing your inflexibility as opposed to you can move around, you can adapt. I worked on Fortran. That's not impressive. (laughs) Don't put that on your resume. Don't put Fortran on your resume. (laughs) Anything to add with uh, treating yourself like a business? I have some solutions around that, but the main point is start getting into a mindset Mm -hmm. of being a business owner. It just has you treat things differently. Here's just one little thing. I teach people a whole backdoor method, but sometimes people will connect with me before they've learned that and they're going in on an interview and I'll give them a little tip. I'll say, go into this interview as if they've paid you $500 to come in for an hour to talk with them to see how you might be able to consult with them to help their business. Just that little bit of thinking that the mindset shift, I'm going in as a consultant. It has people show up differently during an interview because they're not they're trying to prove you're going in there to play you're going in there to play you're going in there on a collegial equal level which shows up differently than everybody coming in cowering you know for the job yeah you know what people go into interviews like spectators as opposed to players or reactionary versus proactive right yeah like when you go in as a consultant you shake the hands and you say so glad to meet you i've got a lot of questions for you you got some for me too who starts it's like whoa (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to go through my top three. My first one is actually winging it. So from a company perspective, I see this all too often. The hiring process is a series of proven winging it techniques. There are companies that get it right and their winging it forms into something that actually works. But in this market, when you have very low, low unemployment, and you've got a very competitive job market, you got to have something that's built around who you are as a company. You have to have an understanding of who you are, what you're about, and what your business needs are. 
So take the time to define all that out, to write it down, to put together a strategy and understand exactly what it is that you're doing here. Not, I've got a position for an engineer, so uh, I guess I'll just try and hire one that has the skills. Can I say something about that? Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I, so it's a conversation. Yeah, I have an executive coaching client of mine with uh, a big company, Citrix. You know, okay. the, you know, they do the go-to-meeting and all that stuff. Anyhow, he is reinventing the way they're attracting talent because right now, people coming out of the colleges and stuff like that, it's like, They man, want nothing to do with that. Well- there's just so much competition yeah. for these real high end. And so to really have a plan, to really have a strategy, to really have a way you're going to be connected with them versus when I went through on-campus interviews, it was just kind of like, you know, you show up and you kind of want to get hired by P&G or you yeah. want to get hired by all that. Now it's kind of like the company's got to really put together a plan and show a culture that makes you Well, the company's not the prize anymore. For talented people, the people are the prize. Exactly. It's completely flipped. That's the point. It's yeah. a Canada-driven market again. Again. The way it was in the late 90s. I love that time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's good and it's bad because from a recruiting standpoint, anybody can be a recruiter. I also love the downtimes. I love it when we go through a recession and it just weeds out everybody who's terrible in our industry. It makes it so much fun. Does that mean whenever I left recruiting after 15 years yeah. in 2001 <laughs> and became a career coach that I was weeded out? You, we won't go there. You Let's not been. go there. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> Let's say it was my next greatest <laughs> expression of myself. <laughs> this streams lines into my next point, which is going to be interview process. And I did mention that a little bit. Let me take it back one second. Listening. Develop it, your listening skills. You hear it said so many times, you have two ears and one mouth, use them proportionally. Ask a question, shut up. Ask why, you know, just question. Interview can process. I, can I get a point on that? One of the uh, things. You can that... interject anytime oh, you good. like. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. good. I have free reign. Okay, well, Absolutely. let me just take over this thing. No, you uh, can try. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I mentioned in my book, Never Apply, is be interested, not interesting. And that goes to exactly what you're saying. Be interested, be asking questions, listening to people versus trying to prove or trying to, you know, say so much. The purpose of an interview is to get to the truth of who that person is and whether or not they're going to get you to the next level. Right. The purpose of the interview is not to go, well, you know what? He's got the skills and you know what? I really like he does horseback riding and so do I. So we should be friends. Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's too bad that that's still such a big part that goes in there, doesn't it? It's that personal affiliation there's, bonding stuff. We, there's still a lot of bias. Well, And so if you can eliminate the bias, that makes it it makes it so easy. funny. I've just got to say, though, that what's on coming up in our conversation here is that I actually play off of that natural tendency in the coaching I give to people in terms of a backdoor process, because I want them to get tapped in personally with the person. Right. So anyhow, human connecting with humans is always going to happen. Back to interview process. You should be clearly defined. There's in tech for a while, there was a big thing. Well, Google's doing this, so we should do that, which I thought was always very entertaining to me because if a big company's doing it and you're going to try and do what they do and then compete with them, it's laughable because right. they're going to beat you at their own game. Right. That's why they're open to teaching you everything. So, for example, if you're asking questions like, you know, if you're the size of a dime and you fell into a blender, how would you get out? That was a Google question for years. I don't know if they still use it, but if you're doing that, you're not Google. Google can get away with it because they're a name brand. You can if you're a startup. So don't settle would be my next point. 
have a bar and hire around culture as opposed to skills. And then my third point I'm going to bring up is the transactional relationship, which we do a very good job of doing in the hiring process. And so let me kind of give an example of this. You've come to the end of a process, you are a hiring manager, and then it gets to the offer. Well, the person turns you down because they got a higher offer somewhere else. What did you do wrong? Well, it's not really because you can't compete with Google. It's because you didn't do a good enough job of emotionally connecting with that person so that that person said, I don't care what kind of offer Google makes. I'm going with these guys because they heal something in my career. Oh, I got to jump in on that. I'm doing a presentation in a couple of days and I'm actually showing how millennials think versus, you know, how the old industrial mindset works. 50% of millennials will take a pay cut. Absolutely. To feel that they're doing something purposeful. So therefore, if somebody moved for the money, you didn't get them involved in the culture and the mission and the vision and the, well, more, what they're... More importantly than that, like healing something that they have in their current career. If they're working at a company and for some reason they can't grow or they've got bad leadership or the content of the work is getting boring, all you have to do is demonstrate you fix those issues yeah. and then throw in purpose. And that's just, you can just right. layer on top of that, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, right? It makes it so much mm. more effective for you to find the right person. Right. And more importantly, have them salivating to work for you. No, Well, I like so, the idea, though. I like the idea that in the interview process, you're not just finding out, you know, because that's an old, you know, why are you looking to leave? Right. But it's not just why you're looking to leave. It's like then creating your strategy in your approach to them about how that does get healed. That's a great element. What I find is people ask, well, why are you looking to leave? That's one way of doing it. And then they get an answer and then they move on to the next question. Exactly. Test it. I have to understand why that's important to you. Right. People will throw out all kinds of ideas because they want to either sound good, but it may not be the truth of why they're really looking to leave. So that's And they'll job. avoid a lot of times the, you know, the real issues with the management or stuff like that. It's like, you know, how many times have, well, me as a coach, coached people on how do I deal with it whenever I have this fact that my manager is, you know, a horrible person, <laughs> you know. If you're just joining us on the live stream or the podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and our guest today is Daryl Gurney, the Chief Empowerment Officer of Career Guy. So we're, uh, we're talking about breaking bad habits for career, <laughs> career goers <laughs> and companies. All right. So we, we talked a little bit about, we covered, you know, why some of these habits are bad. So how do we fix these? Let's go through your list and let's provide a fix it list for your top three. Well, my number one mistake was looking to see what jobs are available and going through the front door by applying for them. And again, that's at a total reactionary way of living your life and living sure. your career. One of the things you mentioned up earlier is career management. Most people never think about managing their career, you know, as something. And, and it, I go speak for MBA programs and stuff like that. They still don't teach, you know, that this is an ongoing thing that's part of your, you know, some schools do, but it's take charge of your career versus being at effect. Another thing is I say, get out of the box. Now we always talk about get outside of the box, but I mean your house, your computer screen, your phone screen, all of the things that people use to stay safe and just look to see what's out there versus getting out and talking to people. I mean, all right. So networking is one way. Well, networking, networking, going out to events, conferences. Yeah, yeah, events. And here's the thing: I actually avoid the word networking a lot because it has so much stuff around it. People think it's going to events and handing out a lot of cards. 
what I'm an advocate <laughs> for. <laughs> well, it's one aspect. Kidding, I'd say it's a basic aspect. I burned through a lot of cards. But look, 80% of jobs are filled before they're ever advertised. So what there is to do is get known by the people in the know. I advocate a research-based method. Now, don't say informational interviews because this is not that. If you use the term informational interviews, everyone knows you're looking for a job. But what I do is I teach people how do you get clear about what it is you are fascinated by, even if it's something totally different than you when you've done before. And then how do you get out in front of people and talk to them about those things? There's no, I need a job involved at all. But what happens is people want to help people they know and like, and people like working with people they know and like. And therefore, it's a question of how do you build a tribe? I had a friend who <laughs> wanted to build or hop, hop careers into a different industry. Yeah. So he uh, did some research, published a couple articles, right? established himself as an expert. Boom. Now he's in the know. Now people were calling him, asking him advice on his articles. You have a great tool out there. LinkedIn. Find out who's publish, who. Publish. Publish. Reach, reach out to them. Right. All right. So number two. Failing to develop relationships beyond the job search process. And this is what we touched on earlier is most people submerge when they get into a job. Now, it's not to say you don't have a job that requires a lot from you. But again, if you're a business owner, consider that you're out for lease right now. That doesn't mean you quit managing the business back at home. So even if you're going to give 100% here at the office, you got to reserve 10% for managing your business, staying aware of what's out there, getting out through the back door, through the front door, through mixers, whatever, but getting out and connecting to people. So I want to I want to get a couple of these other cool. Let's be clear. I'm going to hop to mine, which is winging it. Be clear on what your business needs. There needs to be some conversation that goes down between the leadership and really everybody in the organization as to what the business needs. A lot of times we hire based on what we think we want, you know, and it's usually some ideal of, hey, this guy named Jack that I worked with four years ago had this skill set. I'd like to hire a guy like him. I'm not going to be able to find you, Jack. Building in uh, the time to do that. Also, when you bring people through the interview process, build in preparation time. Prepare and be prepared. Give everybody the chance to, to get to the truth. And to relax them. Really, you know, because look, you know, you're going to get the best out of a person if they're in their relaxed best mode as yeah. opposed to, you know, nervous and all that kind of stuff. And then on the interview process, a couple of key things. Be structured. Be organized and timed. Questions should all be purpose-driven, meaning they're directly correlated to bringing out the values of that person and you find out of whether or not they match that of your company. The last part is the transactional relationship. If you can make that correlation where you're healing somebody's wound with your opportunity, win-win situation because then you completely cut out the monetary aspect. Well, it's really interesting. You've taken consultative selling and you've put it on the hiring side of it. And that's yeah. really cool. Find out what their need is and sell to the need, right? Absolutely. It's really great. Yeah. It's not brain. No, you know, but brain surgery. I, I hadn't heard it spelled out that way. That's really great. <laughs> All right. So we're just about out of time for today's show. Daryl, thanks again for your time and investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. I've waited so long to be here. I appreciate it. This has been a blast. All right. So I'm sure uh, some of the members of our community would like to get uh, in touch with you. How do they reach you? Uh, they can reach me at careerguy.com. As a matter of fact, if I have a free, few free... Spell e it out real quick. Sure. Yeah, because people hear guide. It's career, C-A-R-E-E-R-G-U-Y.com forward slash free. And they can grab a few eBooks that go over some of these principles I've been talking about. Very cool. 
I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode and being patient with my tongue twisters in the very beginning of the show. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and our executive producer, Kim Iverson. If you are listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review our show. We need your input to uh, improve the content for you. Uh, you can also join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. And you can find us by searching for Higher Power on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow me at Rick underscore Gerard. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Sean Andrews. She's the founder and CEO of Andrews Research International. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 